1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the UConn Football Pod. This is Amon Kidway. I'm joined by Tucker Warner and Luke Swanson. Here to talk UConn football's win streak. You heard that right. The Huskies beat Fresno State two weeks ago. They hit the road and absolutely dominated. Kind of. FIU. The Huskies are now three and four. They visit Ball State next weekend. Hopes are very high in stores and across the fan base. And I think for the first time in a while, we can say rightfully so. Luke, how did you feel about the FIU game and after the FIU game?
0: Well, it was a good performance from UConn. Anytime you uh, win a game by uh, 20-something points uh, cover the spread, you got to be feeling pretty good. Uh, obviously, right off the bat, UConn favored or UConn got uh, plenty of uh, plenty lucky in, in the turnover department, uh, uh, turnover luck being a stat that really can flip a game on its head. And you can see that uh, you could see that uh, on full display on Saturday, uh, Florida international was on two pretty long drives. I think there were 50 plus yard drives and, uh, and uh, coughed the ball up on both of them. And uh, I believe both led to UConn scores. So um it was a very, it was a mixture of, of you got to be a little lucky and you got to be a little good to win games like this. And uh, they were definitely good. Uh, offensive line had a great performance. Uh, I'd say they're one of the stories of the week. Uh, another story of the week: Devontae Houston uh, getting 135 yards on the ground and then uh, promptly leaving with an injury. But he he was stellar. I think that uh, it it might be a little bit of a blow uh, for you kind of the injury situation. Uh, heading into the next couple of weeks although we keep saying that and they keep uh, they keep popping up random dudes who uh, are uh, rushing for are, are, are rushing for highlight yards every play so uh, it could maybe won't be that big of a deal but overall uh, good performance defense did everything uh, that was asked to them and more to be honest uh, they shut down a pretty prolific forward international pa- uh, passing attack really the only thing they have going for them on that team So, yeah, overall, good win. Um, Really important win for uh, UConn, FIU and UMass were two wins in the back, uh, two wins we kind of had tabbed down for uh, UConn in the back half of the season. So it's good to get one of them out of the way. Yeah. And honestly, it's just been so long
2: that UConn football has dominated a half against any team, let alone even an FBS team. Uh, That's a big step in the right direction in terms of progress, I think. But really, it's just nice to know what can happen when you do, in fact, outplay another team. Uh, This is the sort of game where, even though it did get kind of dicey at points in the second half, uh, having that just thorough, you know, domination, more or less, was something that had not been seen in this program for a very long time. So even with all the injuries, um, and I'd almost say especially with all the injuries to the offense right now, the way that they were just able to accomplish that uh, against a team that is not very good, but certainly has some uh, positive attributes there from time to time, uh, that's just a huge sign of progress for where uh, where this program is right now and an encouraging sign for the rest of the season. I think that we can see that certain players have been improving as the year goes on. Uh, and if that all adds up into the team as a whole is in a much better spot than they were even relative to their opponents than at the start of the season. I think that's a pretty fair conclusion to draw. And especially after seeing this last game where, you know, even though it looked tight in a little bit for, uh, for some of the second half, this game's result was never really in doubt.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's one of my biggest takeaways from the game was that UConn was in control. They, they led wire to wire. They played calm and comfortable, maybe a little too comfortable for parts of the second half, but Um, even if FIU scores on one of those drives, I I think you know, maybe with the three turnovers, it could have been a slightly closer game. But overall, if you just look at the performance during the meaningful minutes, UConn, UConn really was far and away better. And I think also just did a nice job of playing to its strengths. The defense held up really strong, they completely were able to enforce their will via the running game offensively. And in the preview podcast, Luke, you and I talked a lot about wanting to see them open it up with the playbook and all that and about how silly it might be to, to kind of hold things for, for this game. But it kind of looks like they did do that and it succeeded because they could afford to, because FIU was so bad. I I think we didn't see that much in terms of anything too new offensively um they did a little bit of you know the trick play for the for the touchdown there but the offense didn't have to dig too far deep into its bag of tricks still got 33 points on the board no um uh, the even though there were touchdowns off of turnovers they were still pretty long drives so there Mm -hmm. was no uh no field goal you know no special teams touchdowns or anything like that all you know all legit points there so I think that's what's most encouraging for me was just the manner in which UConn handled its business, uh, being, being in complete control at halftime, even in the third quarter where you could say FIU gained on them. It was, it was really only four points and then um, closed it out in the fourth quarter. You know, the, the Kale Millen run seals the deal and, and UConn's winning that game comfortably. Um I agree, though Houston being injured is is a real downer. It's it's unfortunate to be saying next man up four times as it relates to the running back position, and another three or four times as it relates to receivers or or pass catchers. So, um, uh, that's going to be something for UConn to continue to deal with. But um, on that point about the strength of of the O line, I think that's why. Runners have been able to continue to do well, so I think we can feel like Rosa Victor Rosa can continue to perform well. It's just going to be an issue if he goes down, and you know, there's not really many others to follow.
0: Yeah, I think to your point about the passing game, even though they didn't really open it up a whole lot on that part of the, on that side of the ball, uh, Turner again a pretty efficient performance, uh, fourteen of nineteen but only 102 yards, uh, so they weren't really passing it down the field that much. But when they did, I think that I, I was really uh, impressed with Justin Jolie's performance. I think that he's been, in the past couple of weeks, he's been he's been one of the bigger surprises for me. And, I mean, I'll take it. He looks, he looks like the real deal. Like, he looks athletically, he looks like he belongs. He has, I mean, <laughs> compared to UConn's other receiving options, he has very sure hands. And he's just kind of been the go-to option, especially in third down. I could see him being he, – he's a tight end, but he doesn't really play like one. hes I'd say he, he's pretty fast. He, he's very athletic. And he's, he, he's just been a very good option for Turner, and I think they've definitely developed that connection. And I, I'm very interested to see where it goes because because a lot of those other receivers are not the most reliable in the world. It's going to be good to have uh, have a guy like that as The Rock if, uh, if they're able to keep that report going.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I really can't sing enough praises about a guy who at this time last year was signing with UConn out of high school, uh, with UConn being his only FBS offer there uh, in Justin Jolie. Um, and most importantly is that like this was a time when the tight end room did not look uh, extremely solid. Uh, A lot of the options that uh, this offense had been playing at the beginning of the year, really underwhelmed, did not perform up to expectations. And here comes a guy who even still not even really seeing the starters share of snaps is still becoming like a really big contributor as a result of that uh, receiving game. So You know, if you take everything into consideration, Jolie right now is just uh, one of the keys to having this offense be as successful as it is. Um, I think you can compare him to another true freshman who was thrust into action unexpectedly this year when we talk about Victor Rosa, who uh, had finally, I think, had a good game front to back. Um, this past week against FIU. i had been waiting for that breakout moment for him. And again, against FIU, it might not mean all that much just yet. And especially for running backs, true freshmen really don't have that level of compete in them necessarily. And it's not something that UConn ever counted on going into this year. So it's going to be really key to see if he can build on the quality performance that he had last week. And now that he's going to be thrust into the starters role at Ball State, whether or not uh, Rosa is going to be able to have the same offensive impact. I believe I said on last week's podcast that uh, Houston was probably the only reason our offense was functioning as well as it was. Uh, But now we see in the previous game, that might not have been the case. So going forward, I think the two big questions are, do we continue to get the same level of performances from all these true freshmen, including Zion Turner? uh, And will that be able to continue to lead UConn to finding offensive production and points? Um, And hopefully the answer is yes. I think we're going to have a much better test uh, uh, against Ball State than we did against a weaker quality team like FIU or a much higher quality team like NC State. So here comes a real tough test, but one they can pass.
0: And let's see what happens. I think that he performed well when called upon, about as well as you can expect a true freshman to perform uh, really in, a, in an FBS game. I think that with him as the lead back, I think that UConn is going to lose a lot of that explosiveness mm-hmm. and a lot of that athleticism that Houston carries. Houston, really, uh, from the second or third game where he uh, got the ball most off option, and you got to remember he's had these nagging injuries too, but he's looked like the guy that can really break one down the field. And now Rosa, he's, he's fast. He's 50. He's got a pretty, he's got a good low center of gravity, but I don't think that he has the athletic ability to, to really break it wide open like Houston does. So I, I think, and I'd have to go back and check, but I think that most of Yukon's plays over 20 yards this season have come from uh, Devontae Houston runs. And I could totally be making that up, but that's really just what it feels like. It feels like he's their only explosive threat down the field and that's coming as a running back. So that's it. it I don't think you're going to get the same amount of uh, production from uh, a guy like Rosa. He, he might be a good steady hand in the backfield and, and him and Robert Burns might be able to, to grind teams down uh, kind of three yards in a, crowd, in a cloud of dust but I don't think that either of them offer that real explosive down the field, uh, down the field production that Houston does.
2: Yeah. And I mean, to be clear, like, you know, as someone who's been singing Houston's praises for pretty much since this off season, um, you know, you're not going to be able to replace that guy, especially with someone who really has not been performing at all that close to the same level. And that's no knock on Rosa because Houston has just been playing at a really high level. uh, If you ask me. So What last game provided wasn't that like, oh, this is a sign that Victor Rosa could just slot into Houston's and Carter's spot at the starting running back without us losing anything. It's more that is there still a pathway for offensive success if we're getting good to solid play from the running back rather than great To excellent play from the running back. And I think what this proved to me was that UConn doesn't necessarily need uh, excellent running back play, just good running back play in order to get by and beat some of these teams that aren't, you know, NC State, Syracuse, Michigan.
1: I would say the, the bigger challenge is who else is there besides Rosa? Like literally there are no other people to take snaps to do other kinds of plays. I wonder if maybe Aaron Turner does, does some uh, plays out of the backfield. The only other guy then is, is Robert Burns and someone who Jim Mora has brought up by name in the press conference, Jelani Stafford, who. Seems to be pretty important to the defense as it is. I don't really know about the value of, of putting him in there at running back. Maybe in short yardage situations that could be fun. I'm sure he is getting some reps because, again, literally who is there after after Rosa and Burns, a guy who you know the coaches called their fullback and who is not meant to carry the ball that much. He has been a little bit as of late um but uh, either way it's 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 just Rosa and and Burns this week and that is an issue when you're talking about trying to beat Ball State even though Ball State might not be amazing
0: well it's funny you should mention that because uh although the depth chart this week didn't uh, list a third running back it was to Devonta Houston it's the starting running back and he's not playing uh, uh Maura mentioned in, the, in his press conference today that uh uh, Cameron Edwards from Norwalk, Connecticut, a true freshman who I'm sure they accepted a red trip this year, could be called upon as that emergency running back. Don't know a lot about him. I, I know that he was a, a bit of a star at Norwalk and uh, had, had a pretty impressive record in high school. But again, uh, there's a reason why he, his name hasn't been brought up uh, until uh, UConn has injuries from uh, multiple starting running backs. So he would be the guy that w- would take a couple snaps. Uh, just uh, just to give uh, Burns and uh, Rosa a breather. Uh, it, it is interesting that they haven't mentioned Turner returning to his original running back position at once. I don't think at all this year. So not really sure what's uh, what's holding them back from doing that. But uh, in, in any case, uh, UConn can't really sustain a couple more running back injuries, to be honest. And uh, skill position players. Have just uh, been hit really hard with uh, these with these injuries this year. So I
2: think what that means is that we're going to go see a little bit more of that two quarterback set that I adore so much. Uh, you know who can run the ball pretty well? Apparently, is Kale Millen uh, with that long touchdown that he had on Saturday. So. You know, I, I don't expect him to be taking uh, handoffs in the traditional sense, but I think we could have like a little read option, perhaps going two ways, uh, some more RPOs, uh, not that those are typically in the uh, in the playbook all that often, but you know, hey, we're going to have to get creative here. Uh, Charlton's shown that he can get creative when needed, which is really all I wanted to see out of the offensive coordinator this year, uh, especially given the uh, personnel challenges that he specifically has faced. But, uh, with all that being said, I think that, you know, with the guys that are going to be healthy for this game, and I am under the impression that Devonte Houston will be back before the regular season ends. Uh, but I think with those two guys, uh, Rosa Burns and Hey, maybe Jelani Stafford. Uh, but we could, uh, see a little bit of still quality running back play, uh, Burns has looked a little bit better this year in terms of like what he does when he runs the ball. Uh, Obviously he's used mostly as the short down back, uh, but he's been pretty productive in that role. Uh, We've seen from Rosa that he is capable of a full games workload. So I I think that that's, you know, even if you're not going to get the same production from him that you would out of guys like Nate Carter or Devontae Houston, that's still proof that he can be a little more durable and won't have to be substituted out for a fullback uh, every other set of downs. So, you know, I'm not necessarily sure that we are in terrible shape as a result of all these injuries, at least as it pertains to this weekend's upcoming game. Uh, But certainly you'd like to see a lot more of these guys be healthy and ready to go because uh, we have seen many times recently how lack of depth uh, can just tank a season. And even though this year it looked like running back was going to be a strength of ours, these injuries are just piling up and up and up. And now we're starting a true freshman at running back too. So yeah. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but I think that given ball state's relative ineffectiveness at stopping the run, that we might be in a little bit better shape than we're currently thinking right now. I wouldn't say I'm optimistic, but we could be okay.
1: I think it's going to be pretty lean for the ball state game because of all of the factors that we mentioned. And basically my hope is there's a bye week after that. Not that's not my hope. That is <laughs> that is the That's the reality. Um, there's a bye week after that, and then after that, they're playing Boston College. And um, you know, Boston College is not particularly good. I I, I don't want to say you know they they are certainly going to be favored by like twelve or fourteen or something like that uh, when they come to visit the rent, but. You know, they're a dog shit ACC team. They uh, they are very, they're very beatable. They lost to Rutgers. They're still going to have a talent advantage over UConn because they are members of the ACC. And, and um, the one perk that comes with that for Boston College is that they can recruit better talent than UConn uh, and do nothing with it, as is their tradition. Uh, anyway, I, I think BC is a beatable team just in its just in its construction, just in its lack of any, you know, real identity or strengths. Um, I, I think they're a team that is a really important marker for UConn and UConn fans, obviously. The last two meetings against Boston College really have been embarrassments for UConn, if we're just keeping it 100, and things that, if we're talking about a season where a lot of really positive things have happened, right? Three wins, surpassing the, the Vegas uh, over under for wins on the season, overachieving on that, still having some potential wins on the schedule. I think really competing better against BC is something that's really important. And I hope the team is slightly healthier for that, at least in the form of Devonte Houston and maybe Keelan Marion, who has been doing some live-ish stuff in practice her reports. Um, At any rate, I think the really important thing is just that, as Tucker alluded to, there really are all all of the games on the rest of the schedule are are more winnable than we thought they were in August, let's say. And that's really exciting. Uh, It it, it might even mean some postseason possibilities. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but Bill Connolly the Wunderkeen from, from ESPN currently projects a 21% chance for UConn to make a bowl. his SP plus system. And that's that's really pretty incredible for UConn to be able to say on, on October 11th. So I remain optimistic. Of course, getting healthier is important. Houston in particular, uh, you know, some some playmakers in particular, uh, but the the other ones are not coming back. so it's it's got to be Houston. Um, but I, I I think then, after that, it's about opening up the offensive playbook more so that these guys reach their full potential because if that can happen against the likes of BC and Army, that can mean really great things for this season.
0: Hey, folks, have you heard about uh, Phil dirkovich He's very big. He's very tall. that's that's what many that's many people are saying. In for real, there would be nothing that I'd like more for UConn to have one of these lucky ass games that they've been having where they pick off jerk like three times a year. He's already thrown six interceptions on the year. Just, uh, let's, let's make things interesting. Let's, let's drag them down to our level. Let's, uh, let's, uh, get close or even win a fluky game against them or just straight up, straight up pack them up in a bowl. That, that would be my preference against, uh, against a team like BC, but, uh, yeah, uh, but coming back to the running back discussion, uh, would do of You like to guess where uh, former UConn uh, rostery Will Knight is playing his football? Uh, af- famously entering the transfer portal after just a few weeks on campus. He's, oh, he's, he's not he's, committed. He's, yes, he's he's he's, he's playing for the University of the Transfer Portal. Apparently,
1: right. So yeah, he's he's just. So yeah, still. I don't want
0: court. to. I, I don't want to knock on the guy. Everyone makes decisions for different reasons, but. Uh, It it is it is interesting that the guy who would currently be UConn starting running back is uh, still in the transfer portal.
1: So with with the uh, changes in the position group in mind and uh, our thoughts about bowl possibilities and just just the rest of the season as a whole, I thought it might be an interesting exercise to re-rank the rest of the games in terms of highest likelihood of being a win, so we are talking about the rest of UConn season. We have now upgraded our expectations for this team and what it is able to accomplish. We also maybe, for some reasons, have adjusted our uh, our uh, evaluations of teams like UMass, Ball State, Liberty, Army, Boston College, Liberty that are on the schedule, not in any particular order. I guess I just just unveiled my my ranking for you, but uh, yeah, the the I think it's I think it's interesting to just think about you know who who you think the the most likely uh, where you think the most likely wins are on the remainder of this schedule. Uh, to remind our listeners at home, the Huskies are at Ball State this weekend. After that, they are off. For a week. After that, they host BC. The next week they're hosting UMass. The following week, hosting Liberty. And then they close out the season at Army. I guess I, I did just say them, so I'll I'll give you mine now. Obviously, UMass is first. And then, um, you know, I think it's it's a decision between uh, it's a little bit of a decision, but I think Ball State is, is that second one there. Third, I have Army, fourth, Boston College, even though, as I've said, I think there's a chance to compete in that game. And then I put Liberty, actually, as the uh, game that is the least likely win on the remaining schedule. I'm not looking at the advanced stats, uh, updated ones for this week. I kind of I have been looking at them in previous weeks, but that's uh, that's what I've got for for those, for those my ranking. If you guys have anything different, Tucker, let's hear it.
2: Uh, you know, I think I just swapped the last two. Um, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of Liberty's uh, abilities this year. I think they've played in a lot of close games, and I think their record is maybe not quite a paper tiger, but maybe it'll kind of, does not exactly show the full picture of how they've been this season. I haven't really been tested a whole lot. Uh, Nonetheless, I think they're going to be favored and should be against UConn, but I think that Boston college is going to present a tougher game uh, as much as it pains me to say that uh, just because of the quality of player they have at every position right now. And of course, a better quarterback than Liberty Uh, Phil Jerkovich is pretty solid. Uh, Nonetheless, I, I think that, you know, obviously, the easiest win is going to be UMass. Um, I should say the the likeliest. That's, you know, nothing's a given uh, with this program. Um, I think Ball State is a little uh, more susceptible to defeat than Army is right now. Uh, just playing at Mikey Stadium is always difficult. Uh, the triple option can present some problems to a defense. Uh, I think we're going to be a lot better prepared for the Black Knights this year than we were last season uh, and the last several seasons really Uh, just because of the quality of coaching uh, that has been going on here will make this team be much better prepared and much more ready for that type of game. Uh, But that's just going to be a little bit tougher than ball state would be. So hopefully there are, you know, two maybe three more winnable games here left on the schedule. Uh, I would love to see six. I think it would be pretty unlikely that uh, UConn wins out all five of these games, but I think, uh, three is a decent, uh, number. And if you want to draw that dotted line in the sand, that would just be right above army where I think that those are the three winnable games and two that would take a lot more work in order to come home with the win.
1: Luke, how do you feel?
0: Yeah, I'm feeling much the same way as Tucker. I think that BC, uh, again, even though they haven't looked impressive, even though that they, uh, haven't won very many games by very many points. I think the biggest win, win was over Maine, if I uh, recall correctly. But uh, fun fact Nick Charlton's old, uh, old stomping grounds. So, yeah, maybe you'll have a bone to pick there. But I, I think that BC is just going to be a lot more physical than Weberty. I think that Weberty can uh, pull some tricks out of the bag. I don't think they've really figured it out. They've, <laughs> You guys are right. They they've kind of just been screwing around a little bit this season, not winning games by uh, by as much as they should have. Uh, it, it's possible that there's more there. It's possible it could all fall apart. Um, and then up uh, ball state is gonna present a, a better defense than uh than UConn's been seeing at least uh against a team like Fresno State or a team like FIU. Uh, so that that'll be that'll be a, a challenging game. And then uh, I think they're up there with army i think that army they're just not really going anywhere this season I, I think this is kind of a lost season for them and i wouldn't really i mean an army team's never really going to be checked out but in a season like this i could uh definitely see them sort of setting their sights towards uh towards army navy i think that i think that's the last game until army navy isn't it because it's um, not the yeah. it's not Thanksgiving weekend. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But then they they don't play Thanksgiving weekend. They play uh, the, the weekend that no one else does. But yeah, so I, I could definitely see that see that happening. But you gotta put you gotta put UMass as the number one likely it. It's just it's just something you got to do. They're they're no good. They're uh very middle of the pack FCS level program right now.
1: <laughs> Damn. No, we know so. the feeling. We know the feeling, actually. So
0: we do. You can't, It's hard to throw stones.
1: we we can we can call it that because we have seen it before.
0: Yeah, but look, you can't get
2: shut out by Temple. Sorry, that's not FBS yeah. caliber football. You sh- you need to put up points against Temple. That's
1: especially this year's Temple, who is extremely not special. Temple's you know Temple's been decent, uh, but especially not not Temple of mm-hmm. current times. Um. I think either way, again, you know, huge takeaway of the fact that we're talking about this. The fact that we uh, uh, have six as a possibility, three, uh, two or three winnable games on the remainder of the schedule, feeling confident about the way UConn is run and the way the team handles itself. All of these are tremendous signs of progress this year, I think. Um, you know, we don't, again, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but, uh, you know, Jim Morris hire came with mixed, mixed opinions. The offseason experience had ups and downs, you know, positive signs, some negative signs. Uh, but for the most part, since this season has started, they've played pretty well. They've overcome a lot of bad injury luck. They've taking care of business where they can and brought the program out from the morass of being an absolute joke and the punchline of most national reporters. And that's super, super, super important. So uh, yeah, I mean, I I think things are, are in a pretty good place. This game against ball state is honestly pretty big. The Huskies are nine point under, I mean, I, who thought we would be saying that before the season, the ball, the ball state game, it's huge. It's really kind of the, the fulcrum of whether or not they'll be able to uh, be able to make a run for a bowl. We assume they'll take care of business against UMass. Um, You know, we, we don't want to count that as an automatic either just given our previous, previous life experiences, but I think we can feel pretty good about that. But if they can get this, if they can get this win over Ball State, uh, that would be huge. They're nine point underdogs right now. Uh, part of it's that- funny
0: because, like, <laughs> if you asked me like to set a line for the Ball State game before the season started, I probably would have picked around around ten points uh, in favor of Ball State. It's it's interesting how these things shake out. Uh, I think it's it could be a factor of both teams just looking at, just looking just a little bit better than uh, we and uh, uh, other members of the college football media thought they would at the beginning of the season. So it's interesting how seasons shape out, shape out like that.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think that is interesting. I would have had it pegged around there before the season, but I, I actually, you know, like checking it today, this morning, I thought it would be lower. I thought it would be maybe more like seven, seven or eight or six or something like that
0: yeah i don't know if it's like worth spending a lot of time on but you're right uh, i think what i would have picked it around like a little more than a little more than a touch but i guess that's that's <laughs> this is why we're here and the bookies are the bookies
1: also that yeah or maybe we are recommending to our readers yukon plus nine not a bad deal or if you got a plus 10 uh sometime earlier could be a good good day. by the way speaking of our of our gambling predictions not that we do that or condone that in any way uh but the over did not hit wow the over did not hit last week uh okay. the over under did not hit last week it was 33 to 12 it was 47 for the game so i thought with yukon's high point total it certainly the over would have would have hit but it actually did not so
2: that classic Randy Yetzel defense that uh, we've all seen before, just hold mm-hmm. points to a lot fewer, or hold teams to a lot fewer points uh, than you'd expect. It's just grind it out.
1: And hey, the Huskies are also five and two against the spread, folks. They they yeah. are a great team against the spread. you pulls a
0: wagon. We've all we've always said that. We, uh, about the defense. I've we didn't really touch on it that much in in the game review. I thought that really. Uh, aside from the, the second half when FIU started to get going, they did a good job of of sort of shutting down Tyrese Chambers. Uh, they uh, they threw a lot of guys at him. They threw a lot of different looks at, uh, at FIU in the passing game. And uh, I, I think they really did a good job of shutting down a guy and, and forcing forcing FIU to beat them in different ways. Now, uh, that long touchdown run from Wexington Joseph, it's something that we've seen from him. In the past, or at least I've seen from him re- watching some of uh, FIU's games, he's got that in his bag, and that obviously was just a uh, missed fit from uh, from the, the UConn front seven. But Tyrese Chambers, two receptions for 15 yards. That's that's for a guy as talented as, as him, and for a, a thousand yard receiver last year, and he, I think he had a he, he had a pretty uh, impressive record this season going into the game. That's a really good job from uh, Jimora, uh, scheme wise, and from the players. uh from the players coverage wise. Like, uh, who, who would have thought that we would have said uh, Trey Wortham? Gala like Trey Wortham would have been uh, one of the stars of the game for UConn defensively. He's a guy that it's <laughs> at the beginning of the season and the last season it was it was tough to view him as a starting caliber uh, defensive back, and I know some heads were scratched preseason when he was announced as a starter, but um. Uh, props to him. Uh, it's 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 something to recognize when when a guy uh, overcomes expectations like that. Uh, and again, Malik Dixon Williams had another good game, definitely cementing himself as uh, one of the best members of the uh, of the UConn uh, defensive backfield. So just kind of shout out to guys that did a good job in, in helping shut down uh, really FIU's well, one of their only options uh, in uh, making this making this a game down the stretch.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I, I was somewhat critical because, like like I said earlier, I think the defense maybe gave up a little too much yardage-wise and then got bailed out by some turnovers and just would have liked to see that cleaned up a little more against a team like FIU. But I think you bring up a really good point in their defense, which is that they absolutely held their, their star in check and um, in meaningful minutes, again, kept kept the offense – pretty pretty toothless for the most part um and that's something that that travels that's something that's been consistent the o-line as well you know story of the week it might be the story of the season uh that the o-line is where it is uh and and those are things that uconn can hang its hat on and give itself a chance to compete in any game really and that's uh that's the kind of progress that we like to see
0: I know Tucker was uh, singing the position groups phrases from the very start. I was definitely confident in Widone and Haynes on the interior there, and then the rest of it, uh, I was sort of in wait and see mode. But those guys, uh, those guys on the outside, uh, uh, Sen and Sen and Lunt, they they've really proved themselves to to make up a solid unit there, and it's 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 really impressive what they've done. And yeah, it's they've been a very good
2: team. You know, yeah, uh it might not be the deepest unit on the team, but uh since all five guys are more or less healthy and they can rotate in one or two more to, you know, fill in the gaps when needed, we haven't really seen anything but consistency so far from this team uh from the offensive line unit. So, here we are. We've got a pretty solid O-line halfway through the year. Uh fingers crossed for no major injuries from here on out, but They're looking pretty solid right now, and uh, it's going to take a lot to bring down this entire unit, uh, and a a lot being injuries to three guys. Um, So, you know, given the way that the UConn season has gone so far, I obviously am knocking on wood, crossing my fingers, and making sure that uh, I'm not speaking this into existence. But yeah, this unit has been solid, and I think it's going to be maybe the biggest part of any success we have going forward for the rest of the year.
1: Four is the floor. All right, folks, Mm -hmm. that is going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening.